play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Party got a party with Cardi. Party got the party with the party. Party with Cardi. <laughs> what song. up, people? Hold on, hold on. Can I just up, say that was the most appropriate song to play for this show because 2017 was the year of Cardi B. Can we acknowledge that? Yes. Who Can are we you? acknowledge that? Party got a party with Cardi. Can Offset cheated on party. Party <laughs> with Cardi. <laughs> Can we just acknowledge that this was all about Cardi B? All right, guys. Welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR. 90.3 FM. The voice of Harlem. 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 Um, happy Sunday. Happy last Sunday of 2017. Happy last day of this crappy year. Yeah, <laughs> hold on, hold on. But what was more crappier, 2017 or 2016? 2016 was pretty decent until November. So at least Obama no. was president in 2016. Exactly. Like, you can always TBH. make that argument. Yeah, you can always make that. I don't argument. know. Let me get back to you at the end of the show. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Then we'll make that determination. Uh, welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. This is the show where we talk about politics, social issues, foreign policy, and we do that all for me diverse millennial perspective. Did you forget where we do it from? Because you paused for a second. No, because I was like, did I say politics? Selena doesn't know where we are. And yeah. social. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I, I went down that. And plus, you were, we weren't here last week, too. So, cut oh. me some slack. Never slack cutting. I'm a <laughs> hater. You really are. Well, all right, Joe Button. Should I, we call you that? Oh, yeah. Call him Joe Button. Hey. <laughs> anyway, like guys. So, my name is Selena Hill. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Hill, and I'll spell Miss with an M-S. Why do you spell it that way? Because she's still not married. Mm. <laughs> no, because my marital when status doesn't. When you getting doesn't, married, Selena? I know, right? I just felt like a rush of anxiety when you said that. Like, <laughs> so I hear sorry. that from my family. How about when are you getting married, Oh, my God, Jackie? don't even <laughs> talk about anxiety. Let's uh, table Jackie's, that conversation. Jackie's too poor to get married, Yes, guys. yeah, right, right, right. right. And by poor, we mean she's not poor. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> hi, Jackie. Um, introduce yourself. Yeah. Hey, it's Jackie. I am getting married in 2018, so that will be <laughs> one nice thing. Um, <laughs> well, we we know one nice thing will happen that year. Yeah. Hopefully year. there will be more. But looking back at this year, um, I'm not super hopeful. But uh, you can follow me. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Jackie Cohen. That's J A Q I C O H E N. Yay. Um, and I am Alyssa Fuchs. I am your legal correspondent um, and, uh, you know, all around uh, pain in the butt, uh, <laughs> basically. Correct. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, but anyways, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's Alyssa with an I, I-L-Y-S-S-A. F-U-C-H-S. Um, or you can follow me on Twitter, also Alyssa Fuchs, uh, or it's at Alyssa Fuchs. Or you can leave a comment on the fan page, which is at Poll Preposterous on Twitter. Or Politically Preposterous on Facebook. And we're broadcasting right now on Facebook Live in multiple different places from the Let Your Voice Be Heard Facebook page, um, but also on Politically Preposterous, um, on everybody's personal pages. And we're going to try and get it up on the Donald Trump is not my president page as well. Hold on. Is it my turn to go? I don't know. We Unfortunately, don't we don't like you. Unfortunately, yeah, boy, was because this is the year of the woman. Remember? Yeah, the woman listens to Stanley. Year, yeah, correct. What's Gross. shaking? 
WHCR was propping Facebook Live. I just, I'm listening to too much Bodega Boys. Yeah, I for love them. real. You These last two them. episodes, they have really been back in a good yeah. flow, and oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. guys, it is your favorite internet on the PC ones and twos. Why am I your favorite internet on the PC ones and twos? Because I'm the only internet on the PC <laughs> ones and twos. And when Selena touches the PC ones and twos, they turn into three and fours. And if you want to talk to me, you have plenty of ways to do that. You can do that. Look at me. Look at me when I'm talking to you, Facebook Live. You can do that on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can do it on Instagram at Stan Fritz. You can do it on Facebook at Stanley Fritz, where I start race wars all of the time. And if you're feeling, if you're feeling real spicy, Snapchat, Dark Skin Swindle, where I post about once every 75 weeks. You can always <laughs> talk to me there, guys. Always. All right. Thank you, Stanley, for that grand slam slam introduction, guys. So we have a great show lined up. It is the last show, as I mentioned a few moments ago. So instead of giving, you know, our regular uh, recaps that we do, we're actually going to be talking about um, in categories. So we'll be talking about the best, the worst, and the petty of 2017 and saying which moments stood out the most. Which is more excitement, Selena. What? You know you like petty. Yeah, I don't sound excited. Hold on, do I not sound excited right now? Save save people don't get petty. You're right. Unless you're at church. (laughs) You ain't real petty. Mm, Miss Trislin, how you doing today? I ain't seen you here in a while. You know, I once saw this church sign and it said, Hello, we are open between Christmas and Easter. Which is like the snarkiest show sign ever. It's like, hey, by the way, we're here. You can come other times, you know, when it's not Christmas or Easter. Mm -hmm. I can't even breathe right now. That was hilarious. You're doing a pretty good job. That was a church sign, church sign in Virginia. Awesome. I love it. So, all right, guys. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about the best, the worst, and the petty, okay, um, of 2017. We'll actually be giving some things an award, like the Token Award. Doesn't Who deserves that? Mm, maybe I'll win it this year. Yes. Yeah. You, Stanley, you will never win the Token Award. You are way too woke for the that. The way so that white that. people love it when I call black people Uncle Toms, it's maybe consider stopping calling black people Uncle yeah. Tom. Yeah. Yeah, like, Stanley. White people tag me in the post like, hey, Stanley, who's this person? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. Yes. Yeah, so, of Calm course. Down, Rhett. So if <laughs> you guys want to uh, let your voice be heard, you can hit us up and leave a comment on our Facebook Live. That's facebook.com slash let your voice be heard. You can also tweet us at beheard underscore radio. Um, you can also just call in at 212-650-6903. Yeah. So we definitely want to hear from you guys. We have a jam-packed show. We're talking about the best, the worst, and the petty of 2017, the moments and the people. But Stay tuned. Now, pipe it up. But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. up. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM W H C R, the voice of Harlem, beloved. Shout out to Marilyn who's watching us via live stream. She's probably not watching, it's probably on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Hey, as long as you are watching and we get the stats, that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So welcome back to the show again. My name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Stanley Fritz, Alyssa Fuchs, Jackie Cohen. Of course, it was only right for us to all come together for the last show of 2017. Which is harder than you could imagine because we're Seriously, all extremely busy. It really is. Like yeah, Jackie Jesus. was usually in Paris. 
Stanley, yeah, she's I'm usually in Paris. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly it's where like I usually Selena's, am. Selena's usually on workation. Yeah, with Rihanna, with Rihanna and Barbados. In Barbados. The only one who actually goes on a workation, which is not a cation, is Stanley. It, well, actually, Jackie. sometimes Jackie. Oh, no, I'm just joking. Just wait till 2018. Selena did do oh, some work when she from, was down there. Yeah, you know, I did. she interviewed that woman. <laughs> She got it well. She was wearing a bikini. Seriously. Yeah. Anyway, Jack guys, and I get to be in Albany from January to April. Yeah. Oh, you know, the, the nicest time to be in Albany. I don't ever get to travel for work because all my work is right here in New York City. You get Count to travel to the courthouse. Blessing. Yeah. yeah, right. You get to travel to the Bronx. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> guys, you want to go on vacation in the Bronx? No, okay. it's the hottest club. That's right. You guys remember old SNL episodes? Got some good hookah lounge to sound you. But anyway, m- before we move into 2018, we should probably take a look at what happened in 20. <laughs> 17. And on that segue, thank you, Jackie, I am going to start. All right, guys, so 2017 has been one heck of a year. President Donald Trump ushered in an era of cultural division and political instability in Washington that pretty much left our heads spinning. Almost on a daily basis, we were grieved with disheartening news about the changes he embraced and what this meant for the state of our country, our democracy, and our world. From Trump's offensive tweets to the Russia investigation to the tax cut to the attack on journalists, science, immigrants, Muslims, and LGBT rights, 2017 was pretty much unbelievable. It was the year that coined the term alternative facts. We saw a new rise in the alt-right, a number of shakeups in the White House, a slew of natural disasters, and we reluctantly welcomed in a new conservative Supreme Court judge. However, despite Trump's efforts to repeal and replace Obamacare, divide our nation, spread fake news, and taunt Kim Jong-un into a nuclear war, 2017 was also marked as the year of resistance. We're resisting depression? (laughs) Seriously. Depression and oppression. Seriously. So from the Women's March to Take a Knee to the Muslim ban protests and Me Too, activists, organizers and concerned Americans took to their took their outrage against this administration and societal ills to the streets to let their voices be heard. On today's show, which is, again, the last time we will record Let Your Voice Be Heard in the year 2017. Is it? Yes. We will do things a little differently. Instead of a regular smegular, shout out to Cardi B, because it's definitely Cardi season. Instead of a regular smegular recap of the year, we're going to determine who and what deserves to be recognized or even given an award for being either the worst, best, or pettiest moment or person of 2017 based on a set list of nominees, starting with... The movement of the year. And, of course, guys, if you want to chime in, feel free to call us up at 212-650-6903. And you can tweet us at... Be heard. Underscore. Radio. And you can hit us up on Facebook. Live. (laughs) (laughs) Got it, guys. No, but we definitely want to hear your input because while we have a list of things that we, you know, like, of superlatives and awards, this is by no means a conclusive list. And we want to hear from you. What did you... What resonated with you this year? What do you think? fits into these categories that we're Absolutely. gonna discuss. Yeah. So movement, what was the movement of the year for you? Which social movement or moment had the biggest impact in twenty seventeen? So I have a few listed here. Was it the women's march? Take a knee. The Charlottesville protests. Wait, what? Me too. The Charlottesville protests. Well the yeah, counter, was a counter, counter protest. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> well, 
No, yeah. that was a moment. That All was right. a moment or a movement, and it had a huge impact in 2017. <sighs> uh, the Muslim ban protests or the DACA protests. Who mm. wants to go first? I'll go first. Alyssa. Um, so I'm going to go with the Women's March, which sort of also ties into Me Too, because that was the catalyst, as far as I'm concerned, for all of the rest of the protests that happened. And that's not to say that those other protests would not have happened if it wasn't for the Muslim, uh, sorry, the Women's March. I think they would have. Um, but I think that because there was such a large, I mean, the Women's March was the largest protest ever. Um, in fact, the numbers on it were astonishing. It topped any previous march on Washington that had ever happened. And not only did those numbers in Washington top out at the highest ever, um, there was a lot of spinoff movements that came out of the Women's March. Um, and number three, their Women's March was not just in Washington. Uh, it was all over the country and all over the world. Um, so for that reason, I say the Women's March, which, of course, as I also mentioned, sort of led into the Me Too campaign. Um, a lot of these other protests. And just one more that I don't see on the list that I'll mention, which is the uh, people that were protesting at the Capitol building against the repeal of the uh, the ACA, um, which eventually they won and the ACA was not repealed. So that's why I think the Women's March is the most important movement and moment of the year. Yeah. So and I just want to mention, guys, if something is not being listed, feel free to make a wild card choice. Uh, Harold Broker Jr. agrees with you, Alyssa. He Booker, thank you. He just left a comment on our Facebook Live saying the Women's March was the movement, the moment, the movement of the year, and they had the best costumes. You're right. They had the. <laughs> can we say the word the p word hats? I don't know if you punani. Can say it. Yeah, we, yeah, they yeah, had the right. punani hats. So thank you so much, Harold. <laughs> I called it the pussy cat hat. The cootie cat hat. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave me a heart attack. Um, anyway. And another, uh, hold on, let me just mention yeah. uh, Shout out to Emily Ann who says, Jackie, did you get Stanley that sweatshirt? I did not get Stanley that sweatshirt, but Stanley and I bought matching Hanukkah sweatshirts that say it's lit at the same I time. I want a Hanukkah sweatshirt. You're not well, Jewish enough, obviously. Yeah, clearly. I, I, Stanley and I have matching Hanukkah sweatshirts. And I wanted a Kwanzaa one. But yes, Kwanzaa is not a real thing. Stanley! <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so I I would tend to agree with Alyssa that the Women's March was that like catalyst moment where we said, you know, it was right in January, kicked off the year of resistance. Um, But to just sort of differentiate a little bit, I would say the Muslim ban protest, which happened the first round of them happened a week after the Women's March, right? Or two weeks after, right around the same time. So it was like on the heels of the Women's March. um, What I thought was so amazing about that was, you know, a lot of people became sort of politically active and aware for the first time during the Women's March. Um, Many, many people who have never attended a protest ever showed out. It was the largest protest in history. But there was a lot of skepticism afterwards um, that I heard from people saying, oh, you know, people are just showing up, but where are they going to be when we really need them? And then Trump tried to put into into effect this ban, and people showed up in huge numbers, probably much bigger... um, than there would have been without the Women's March prior because they realized, oh, we can turn out in huge numbers. You know, we can make a a change and have a voice. And so people showed up. And I think that moment proved that, you know, in this year of resistance, people are going to continue to show up. It's not going to be a flash in the pan rally and that's it. Um, And I I really felt that during the Muslim ban protest that people were serious about resisting this administration. I'm going to go with the Women's March. And it was a close one for me between the Muslim 
the um the Muslim ban protests and the Women's March, but I picked the Women's March because of what it means. My philosophy for 2017, the biggest lesson I learned was listen to women. If we listen to women, Trump wouldn't be president right now. If we listen to the woman, Hillary Clinton, she'd be our president right now, and we'd be, we'd be in much better shape. But then also the Women's March was led by three women of color, right. brilliant women of color, Carmen Perez, Linda Sarsour, Tamika Mallory, and of course it was Bob Bland, who's not a woman of color, but is a strong ally who was one of those people really involved with the Women's March. And the amount of people that they mobilized and inspired and keep moving now, it's amazing. It's a almost a year later, and we're still talking about them. Right, and I think what's important is that the reason why the Women's March was such a catalyst was, you know, the women, the incredible women that you just mentioned, have been involved in all of these movements, right? It's the... Uh, immigration issues are women's issues and Muslim bans are women's issues, right? Like these are all women's issues. And so I think that that was realized during the women's march. I mean, it was Hillary Clinton who said women's rights are human rights and human rights are women's rights. Right. Um, But I also say that the women's march, because it was the first rally, um, there was a lot of places where you could sign up for different things for Mm -hmm. organizing. And those sign up lists, there's also what generated some of the things that happened later on in mobilizing people to the airports, to the Capitol building. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Selena? Great point. So, guys, um, my answer to the moment of the year, I'm actually going to go against the grain. I strongly believe it was the Charlottesville protest. Here's the reason why. That moment redefined our nation and it unmasked what America really is racist and anti Semitic. And honestly, I felt like even though that protest was horrible and it led to uh, the death of a peaceful protester. And then we had Donald Trump who said there were good people on both sides. Very fine people. It started a conversation, a conversation that we are continuing to have, a conversation that people of color especially always felt and knew existed, but it took that march for the rest of America to really wake up. And I remember something that really resonated with me uh, when we did a show after the Charlottesville protest, and Jackie said, like, that was the moment in which, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Jackie, in which your grandmother, who voted for, ooh, unless a family member (laughs) voted for Trump, I was like, you know, finally, yo, you said it. You right, said it on air right, that, that they finally woke up and was like, this is, you know, he's promoting anti-Semitism. It's promoting Semitism. white supremacy. White supremacy. <laughs> right. Like, so, so for me, and because that conversation has continued to be had, it was one of the, it was the biggest impact in 2017. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I felt a huge sort of blowback from that moment, right, where I was witnessing in... 2017 America, people marching through the streets with Nazi flags, which is which, you know, it's something like I as a Jew, I've learned a lot about my history. I've learned about anti-Semitism. I've experienced it in ways and small acts throughout my life or by like through backhanded comments. But I've never seen it like on full display in my own country. And I was in Charlottesville a few weeks after that rally. Um, And it is a city that, you know, tries to be this or prides itself on being this sort of like liberal city. And obviously it was picked because of its connection to uh, UVA and sort of being this like liberal hub. And and the protesters there wanted to disrupt that. But it was wild to see it sort of afterwards, like this, you know, typical 
single place in America. It could have happened. That protest could have happened anywhere. I mean, listen, I think it was definitely a big, big moment. So I don't disagree with you there. But I did want to give you some comments that we're getting from Facebook Live. Karis Love says specifically, listen to black women. Ninety seven percent of them voted for Hillary Clinton. Um, That's true. And I know we're going to talk more about uh, black women and voting later on when we talk about the biggest political upset of the year. Um, And Patrice Fuchs, who actually is my aunt, says the Women's March uh, because it was the impetus for inspiring and motivating so many women to run for office, which I think is a great point. Also, we will talk about later on when we talk about the blue wave. Uh, Selena? Thank you, Alyssa, and thank you so much, guys, for chiming in. We are going to move to category two, so get ready to type in your answers. Number two, who got the most trash? What person, place, or thing received the most backlash this year and deserves the award for getting the most trash? Stanley. Damn. Oh, man. All right, so... Oh, oh, th- let me just let, let everyone know what our nominees are. And, of course, you can add a wild card. Was it the media, a.k.a. fake news, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, or North Korea? Stanley. So, I have two answers. And um, I think you guys are not going to like it, but I'm going to Stanley, gonna you have to pick one. Hillary Clinton and okay. pizza. <laughs> so, pizza. Because Pizzagate is still going on, they just oh accused John Stanley. Chrissy Chingan. They not accu- pizza. Stanley, it's like that, that is, is Hillary Clinton, really. Yeah, no, Hillary Clinton. But no, but like seriously, Pizzagate is still happening. Go on Twitter. Chrissy Chingan just posted about people saying she's abusing her child with pizza. But anyways, Hillary Clinton, she lost the election to the equivalent of a bag of dog crap with eyeballs. And even after all this time, he is still bringing her name out of his mouth. This guy is under investigation for possibly collusion with an enemy country. And she's under investigation by Congress. And people are still covering her in the news, talking about how trash she is. When she doesn't say something, she gets in trouble for not talking. When she says something, they tell her to shut up. When she writes a book say, explaining what happened and says that, like, I messed up, they say she didn't say it enough. Like, no matter what she does, she has been trashed throughout the whole year. Stanley, great answer. I want to shout out Bianca Marley, who just started watching us on Facebook Live. Alyssa, you're up next. Who got the most trash? You know, I actually, I listen, I think that's a really good, um, you know, a really good answer. Because, you know, at the end of the day, people may disagree with Hillary's politics and her policies. But that doesn't mean she should get trashed personally all the time. Um, you know, she's probably the most qualified person to ever run for president, even if you disagree with her policies. So um, I would agree with that. But at the same time, I also want to go with the media. Um, You know, I did several quickies on this throughout the the year that you can totally go back and listen to um, and talked about the freedom of the press and why it's so important that, you know, we have a free press in this country and the importance of the First Amendment. Um, And Donald Trump spent so much time on Twitter trashing the free press, you know, knocking them down, trying to delegitimize them. And I think that has the biggest effect on our democracy. I mean, listen, Colin Kaepernick got trashed. I don't disagree with that. Um, And not even for good reason for him for him exercising his First Amendment rights. But at the end of the day, it's the media and it's journalists who have the ability to expose things in this country. Um, And the whole reason why the founders set up this nation so that we would have a free press is so that our leaders, our politicians would not be able just to say and do whatever they want and be in their own propaganda feedback loop. And so these constant attacks on on the press, um, you know, really denigrate our democracy. And so I'm going to go with, uh, you know, the tr- Donald Trump's trashing of the free press um, is the person or the entity that got trashed the most this year. Jackie? Well, before we <clears throat> before we go to Jackie, we do have another comment. Harold Booker Jr. says 
Colin Kaepernick gave up his career for a movement that was twisted to be about the flag. So it sounds like Harold's going with Colin. Jackie, very interested to know who you're going with. I mean, I would say the media, too. I think that exactly what Alyssa said, that there's been a very dangerous attack that really delegitimizes a core component of our democracy when um, the media is delegitimized. People then turn to, you know, other alternatives to get their news, some of which maybe isn't super credible. Um, So that is really scary to me. I think also um, Muslims and immigrants in this country by our government, um, I think that they have been um, really demonized by our government and have put been put in a place of actual violence and danger. And, you know, I think that they have suffered the most, really suffered from from this administration. So you're saying your answer is Muslims and immigrants? Yeah. Okay, great answer there. Um, guys, I before I give my answer, because it, it could be a little lengthy, um, I think, do are we going on break? Sure. Okay, great. So we're going to go on break. I'm going to come back and give you the answer to who I think got the most trash this year in 2017. Don't go anywhere, guys. We have a lot more awards and superlatives to give away. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. You should watch your man and should watch your mouth. Yo, Nikki was throwing subs with that bar. She did. She threw it at Barty. Yes. You should watch a man because all set was cheating on you with a big body gal. I mean, listen, I know they have drama, but I feel like the two of them on a track together would be dope if they could get over whatever They've the drama is. They've been on plenty of tracks together. No, like now, because they have beef recently, They're right? on this track together after that happened. Okay. Well, no. Well, the thing is, Nikki broke it down and she did not know Cardi B was going to be on the track. Right. They didn't record so, it together. So she recorded a verse dissing Cardi B and then Cardi B was placed on the track. Let's get our Cardi facts right. Anyways. Roses are red. I don't should, care. They should get it together because uh, they should do a track where they're not dissing each other. Speaking together. of people that need to get things together, <laughs> 2017 was a big mess of a year. Guys, we're doing things a little different here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. We're actually giving away superlatives, awards for the biggest, the best, the worst, and the pettiest moments in people of 2017. Petty. Now, thank you for that ad lib. Before we went on break, the question was who got the most trashed? And um, Emily. <coughs> Excuse me. She left a comment on Facebook. Uh, Emily Ann says the media. I agree. Fascism gains power when more and more people don't trust the media. Bianca Marley says um, the people for allowing the guy to be commander in chief via electoral the electoral vote, which was most uh, likely driven by the media. So her answer is the people and the media. My answer is is definitely the media. The reason why a president, Donald Trump, has waged a relentless campaign to discredit journalists in the U.S., often using rhetoric that would potentially incite his followers to violence. Now, this is dangerous because journalists put their lives on the line in order to hold corrupt politicians like Donald Trump accountable. His rhetoric only makes our jobs harder. Meanwhile, 42 journalists and four four media workers were killed this year while a record 262 journalists were imprisoned, imprisoned around the world. On top of that, Mexico reached an historic high in journalists killed this year, uh, and it's the country that leads the world in journalists killed the most in a non-conflict zone. So Donald Trump wasn't making things better. Moving on, number three, get ready to type in your answers. 
I want to know who was the biggest trash politician of 2017. Outside of Donald Trump, which political figure or politician has been the most dangerous in 2017? Jackie, you have not answered a question first, so I'm going to you first. Biggest right. trash politician. So we, oh, oh, I'm sorry. The yeah. nominees. I'm so sorry. The nominees. <laughs> Roy Moore, Steve Bannon, and the Republican Party. And if you have a wild card choice, I give do. It to me. I'm going to yes. say Benjamin Netanyahu, who I, I think was the trash politician of 2016 as well, um, totally who totally enables the occupation of Palestinian territories in Israel Palestine, who's under investigation this year. I mean, this isn't the first time he's been under investigation for corruption, but is under investigation currently for taking bribes. And aside from just being like a right wing lunatic who is like Trump, but are, you know, folks have said he's like Trump, but smart. Um, he has like totally enabled Trump to um, move forward in announcing that the U.S. would recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, which obviously we've talked about previously on the show, could have really, really negative impact to the people that live in Israel-Palestine. I'm also going to go with somebody not on this list um, because as far as I'm concerned, Roy Moore lost and has no power and Steve Bannon continues to lose and is hopefully losing his Don't power. Um, the Republican Party as a whole is pretty broad, so I'm going to go with Paul Ryan because Paul Ryan is the guy who was like never Trump and, you know, you know, was like against all these things. But now he like, for lack of a better term, latched onto Trump's you know what and is sucking it really hard. And um, and now he just like is using that in order to try and get all of his priorities done that hurt the rest of us, including poor people. It's um, amazing he doesn't have lockjaw yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, that's I'm definitely going to go with Paul Ryan because also another reason he's now saying that because we have this huge deficit, you know, that they just created with the tax bill mm -hmm. um, where they gave all these handouts to the rich people that now we have to cut Social Security, Medicare and other quote unquote entitlements which are not entitlements because we've been paying into them um, that's a conversation we're going to have in the new year so I won't get ahead of ourselves uh, but I'm going to go with Paul Ryan is the most trash politician outside of Donald Trump on a long list of garbage white people that exist and there's a long list of garbage white people Paul Ryan is in the top tier of those garbage white people even going above the garbage white people that voted for the child molester alleged child molester who molested children but anyways allegedly. guys allegedly he did it but anyways <laughs> anyways guys um, if I had to give a vote for the trashest politician, I would vote for Mitch McConnell. Here is why. Mitch McConnell stopped Barack, President Obama's Supreme Court pick from even having a hearing. And then when they found out that Russia may have been getting involved in the election and the Obama administration and the FBI went to the Republican Party to say, listen, this is information American people should know. I don't want to make it seem partisan, so let's come together and announce this. Mitch McConnell told President Obama, and I quote, if you do this, I will come out publicly and say you are trying to tilt the election in the favor of Hillary Clinton. And that is the reason that the Obama administration was not more aggressive with putting out information about Russia's interference with the election before the actual election day. Besides those things, Mitch McConnell is also the same garbage white person that said that it was his goal to make sure that President Obama was a one-term president. He's the same garbage white person whose wife has magically got a job under the Trump administration. And oh, by the way, he's a garbage white person among a bevy of garbage white people. Well, thank you guys so much for your answers. I'm going to just speed things along, let you guys know my answer to the biggest trash politicians goes to the Republican Party because they have enabled a oppressive regime, Donald Trump, his administration, to uh, move forward in a lot of things that hurt the American people. Their late latest victory, uh, legislative victory, was actually um, the tax reform bill. They signed it. 
they they didn't even do a good job in selling it and now basically we're all going to pay the consequences while in while in return um the biggest corporations get permanent tax cuts. It's one of the biggest redistributions of wealth in American history. Um, I'll just give you two comments we're getting. Uh, Patrice Fuchs says Ryan, Paul Ryan, and Lindsey Graham, too. And Mitch um, and Bianca Marley says Betsy DeFunk, um, although I think she means DeVos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, number four. Jackie's going to read off yeah. the fourth category as well as the nominees so, Jackie number four the worst moment in science for 2017 um, our nominees are number or a dismantling of the EPA uh, by Trump B Trump's response to the Puerto Rico disaster um, due to the hurricane C pulling out of the Paris climate accords and D Trump's climate change tweet that happened this week where what did he say Alyssa you saw he it. said it's so cold so there must be no global warming yeah right essentially. right, 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 right. Um, so what do you all think? What were your... I got to say it's this dismantling of the Environmental Protection Agency. And a lot of people have not really been paying attention to this. And the media has not... The media has covered it, but it hasn't broken light. But this is going to have the longest lasting effects. And just within the first three months of the Trump administration, they reversed laws that stopped companies from pouring coal ashes into the water. They reversed laws that required coal companies... I mean... Um, Companies to not pollute the air and communities, and they have lessened laws that were supposed to look out for people from being poisoned by the institutions in their own communities. People are going to die because of some of the policies that the Trump administration has rolled back, and they'll be suffocating in their own houses and not know why. Right. I mean, listen, I agree with you because at the end of the day, that's the bigger picture issue. All the other things that happen, like all the other things that are on that list, um, for example, like Trump's tweet, that sort of plays into the dismantling of the EPA because, you know, he doesn't believe in climate change, so he hired somebody who's been literally fighting against the APA. You look at the response to Puerto Rico, part of that has to do with, you know, the fact that they've been dismantling all these agencies and not just the EPA, but also uh, organizations like FEMA. Um, and, you know, just in general, all these bad natural disasters that we've had, all these hurricanes, and, you know, this was the season where we had all these huge monster hurricanes, one right after the other, right after the other, and that is directly connected to to climate change. And one of the things that the EPA is supposed to be doing is protecting the environment and protecting, you know, the people who live in the United States. And in order to prevent some of these natural disasters from happening, we have to have real serious climate change policy, um, you know, and, and pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords is also related to the dismantling of the EPA. Um, so I think they all go back to that one thing. Right. Selena? Yeah, no, guys, I 100 percent agree with you guys. But I would just say the thing that I thought was most heart wrenching was Trump's response to the Puerto Rico disaster, because it really like it inter it it, it combined negligence and like ignorance with also like racism, because like if you ask me, the reason why Puerto Rico is like in so much debt and it's like this foreign forgotten territory is because they're brown people. They're people that speak another language and we're like trying to build a wall to like prevent all Sp Hispanic and Latino people from coming into uh, this country. And I think that it, w it just sort of like circumvented like into this um, disaster and how Donald Trump handled it. Um, I think that, you know, him going to Puerto Rico days afterward and like shooting like pretending to shoot basketballs at some of the right, at like some it was of a the game. He was he was handing out goods and donations, and he was like 
tossing them to people as if they were basketballs and laughing. And he was like, oh, it was a great time and in the, Puerto Rico. Right. right. And the fact that he didn't even go to the most devastated areas, he was going to the areas that were like um, upper middle class, the people that actually still had cell phone service. Like he totally mishandled that. And it just again, it, it, it was reflective of how our country treats this island. Um, we've colonized them. We've never really cared about them. And we still don't care now. So that that's my answer for that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't think that there's anything that I could add that is um, more conclusive than what you all just said. I think that the dismantling of the EPA is huge. But I also agree with Selena that the, his response to these and the response from a lot of people on the right um, to these natural disasters that we've seen this year, whether hurricanes or large scale wildfires have been, oh, pray for this community instead of maybe we should look at the cause of these problems and see the correlation between climate change and these natural disasters and do something to stop it. Prayers, just praying is not enough. You need to act. Definitely. So Bianca Marley has chimed in her answer to the question is the EPA. Um, and I also want to just give a shout out to Patricia Fuchs, who agreed with Stanley's pre uh, previous answer about Mitch McConnell. Um, guys, so before we go, um, before we go into break, I just want to let everyone know that we have a lot of more superlatives and awards to give out. But I will say 2017, it was a year of a lot of catastrophic events. Um, there was a lot of bad, but there still was a lot of good. There was still resistance, and we still we still fought back every step of the way. How? We let our voices be heard. We tweeted about it. We protested. We came out in droves. We signed petitions. And the, and the, results, the results were, you know, pretty impactful. You know, we'll talk about that blue wave that hit us, that hit the country in November. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, recent elections of, like, the first transgender um elected official we're going to talk about all that stuff later on in the show we still have a lot more show to go we're going to give a give out the russiagate award the token award and a lot more so stay tuned this is let your voice be heard we are back on let your voice be heard on 90.3 fm whcr the voice of harlem if you are just tuning in this is stanley fritz i'm here with jackie cohen who got me my secret holiday gift a month late what Sorry. was it selena hill and Alyssa fugues i don't care i'm just making Books. fun of you oh that's yes. family loves Yes. I got you books. Yeah, you, you got, got him me. books. Well, Stanley loves books, and that's like the only thing you ever want. Seriously. Like, so. A thousand percent true. Yeah. So, guys, if you are just tuning in, we were having a conversation earlier where we were giving out awards for the moments of 2017. We talked about the biggest movement of the year. We talked about who got trashed the most. We talked about the, the worst or trashest politicians. And, of course, we talked about one, some of the lowest moments in science. Now, before we go on to the rest of our awards, we want to take a quick jump in the opposite direction and talk about the news roundup. It is our moment where we talk about things that make us laugh, cry, curse, flip tables, or maybe even just walk slowly down the street. And I want to take this moment to start it off with some really bad news and some thoughts on mm. the matter. So as most of you guys know, we lost a titan, a warrior in the movement earlier this week. Erica Garner passed away from a heart attack. She was only 27 years old. Um, Erica Garner is the daughter of Eric Garner, um, an African-American man who was murdered by the NYPD on pretty much live on the Internet for the world to see. And despite everyone seeing that a cop choked him to death, that cop is not only free, he's still getting paid by the NYPD. 
Erica, after her father's death, almost every single week would go back to the same place that he died and do die-ins. Every single week, whether there was press there, whether there wasn't, whether there was a million people there, whether there were two people there, she was always doing that. And even years after her father passed away and Officer Pantaleo, who deserves to be in prison, was still getting paid and getting paid six figures by the NYPD, she was not only fighting for justice for her dad, but she was fighting for justice for others. I had a chance to get to know Erica a little bit, and she is someone who was passionate. She really cared about these issues. She wanted to see us free. She wanted to see justice, not just for her dad, but all those other people. Um, and I remember one of the things I really admired about her was her, like, just fierceness and ability to call out Bill de Blasio, who, as you guys know, is a mayor of New York City, and someone who calls himself a progressive champion. And she called him out and said, no, you don't, because you protect c cops that kill people. And she never bit her teeth about that. And you know what? She was also one of the first people to support Bernie Sanders. So we lose someone who was such a pillar to the movement, but just overall a wonderful human being. So I'm sending my condolences to her friends and their family. Um, and just, you know, please make sure, like, you tell your people you love them. Yeah, no, I, I was just adding, like, I was uh, heartbroken when I found yeah. out that she had a heart attack that led to her uh, being in a coma. And she was pretty much brain dead uh, the day before Christmas. And, no, no, you know, no, 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 That's The heart attack happened, but then, like, that didn't, they didn't want to know that happened. And then she went into a coma. So, well, I'm sorry, Stanley, she had an so, asthma attack, no, and so then she had a heart attack. She passed away. She had a heart attack, and that's what killed her. You know, listen, yeah, I just will say matter. the other thing I wanted to add is that um, she uh, at least the last thing I heard, the family is saying no direct donations to the family. They're asking uh, to donate money to the causes that she supported and also uh, to the foster care system. Um, she was raised by a foster mother and they said that uh, she was really big on making sure that the foster care system is funded and that foster kids are taken care of. Um, so there's a big push to make sure that money is not donated specifically to her family, at least for right now, right, right now um, and to donate that money to the causes she supported and to the foster, you know, making sure that children in foster care get the care that they need. Yeah. And she was 27, two children. It's definitely really hard, especially to lose someone so, you know, deep in the movement. Um, just to switch gears a little bit, um, for the last few days, there have been protests in Iran that President Donald Trump has also been up. Uh, He's actually been supporting. So a number of protesters are rebelling against the government in Iran. And Donald Trump basically tweeted that if Iran was to do anything that um, abused human rights, uh, the U.S. is watching. And also he said that he's in full support of the Iran um, protest. Well, and I just want to say that, you know, it's, it's a stark contrast to how um, President um, Barack Obama handled the situation when they were protests. <laughs> that seems um, to be the theme of this administration. It's pretty much so, you it's know, Barack Stark Bra hold, on, hold on. So Barack Obama, you know, when, when he was president, he was not quick to make a comment or to even to support the protesters because in fear that they would be labeled as pro-American, which would just like, you, you know, it would just like antagonize the protests and the, the, the conflict that is going on. Donald Trump, of course, takes the opposite approach and puts people in danger. Alyssa? Um, uh, what I was going to say is it's also in stark contrast to the way he acts to protests here in America. Uh, you know, it's like on right. some level, he's like tweeting that there should be these protests in Iran, um, which is problematic for the reasons you pointed out. But at the same time, you know, any he like tweets that the NFL should fine and fire people for engaging in peaceful protests in terms of kneeling um, during the national anthem, which, by the way, is not to protest the flag. We should clarify because we sort of skirted this. But Colin Cowell 
Kaepernick started kneeling to protest systemic injustices in the criminal justice system and the killing and, you know, injuring of people of color by the police department uh, with impunity. And somehow or another, that got turned into a protest against the flag, um, which it was not. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because we sort of like skirted that earlier in the show. Um, and we may actually get back to that. But, you know, it's just sort of perplexing that Donald Trump supports quote unquote protest um, in other countries, but not here in his own country when it's against him. Yeah, well, him. when he's the target, yeah, he's exactly. not for it, right? He sees no value in it. It doesn't serve him. So he doesn't, he doesn't approve, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Pretty much. Stanley? No, I hadn't, I haven't learned, heard much about this Iran thing. I really worked to plug, like to kind of like unplug from politics while I've been on vacation. Yeah, same. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I did want to bring up the interview that Donald Trump did with New York Times. Where yeah. New York Times pretty much just let him babble on and just say all kinds of stupid things. And I guess their goal was to show that he was stupid and unhinged. And if that was their goal, I guess they succeeded. But a lot of people had pushed back against them because they said that Donald Trump was saying all these lies, which he was. He claimed that he and Obama had the same approval rating at the end of their first <laughs> terms. He claimed that Democrats don't think that he's colluding with Russia. He claims that no, there's been no evidence to show he's colluding with Russia. And people feel like the New York Times reporters just are not pushing back and they weren't questioning him. And the New York Times reporters and the friends said, well, the best way to deal with him is to let him talk because if you interrupt him or correct him, he'll get mad and walk away. Did yeah. you guys hear about this? What do you think? No, no, of course. Like, that New York Times um, interview was epic. First of all, Donald Trump, instead of giving an end-of-the-year press conference like every other president, he decides he's not going to do that. And instead, while he was at Mar-a-Lago, um, he was at lunch with, like, this New York Times reporter, and it was an impromptu um, interview. So they he, uh, so apparently without like without a staff, right? Without a staff, without you any mean his age, babysitters, which he needs. And honestly, I agree because uh, back in uh, a few months ago, Donald Trump was doing an interview with I think someone from uh, CBS. And once that reporter started um, like pushing back even slightly, he walked out of the room and he was like interview over. So kudos to that New York Times reporter that got Donald Trump to just basically tell us exactly what he feels and what he's thinking and what he's planning for 2018 unhinged. I mean, listen, you know, the like I get where the people are coming from who are criticizing it, say they should have pushed back on him. Um, but at the same time, like Selena sort of points out, you're dealing with a guy who you literally have to treat with kid gloves in order to let him say anything. And sometimes when he just starts rambling and ranting, he just makes himself look so stupid that it's so easy for the New York Times to debunk it or fact check it in a later article. Yeah. It's a newspaper. It's not a live TV interview. So I would say like in a live TV interview, yeah, you might want to push back against him because then if he like throws a tantrum and walks out of the room on live TV, you're you you are winning. Period. Um, but if you're doing like a, in you know an interview that's going to be published in print, there's no use in my point in pushing back on him right in the middle of the interview um, and having him walk out of the room and getting nowhere. I think it's better to like let him rant and ramble, publish the craziness things that he says, and then publish fact checking articles that are be like, okay, you know, we published this thing. This is some of the things that Donald Trump said, and at the end of the article is like, here's a link to us fact check some of the things that he said and just link it so that your readers know that like you are debunking it right. versus doing it right there on the spot and having him walk out and then yeah. like your interview is over I like that have, doesn't make sense I want to have access to all the crazy things and his like stream of consciousness I want to hear all of it so for those exact reasons um, but another thing that he said this week that was really funny to me um, was that on Christmas Eve he tweeted people are proud to be saying Merry Christmas again I am proud to have led the charge against the assault of our cherished 
first and beautiful phrase, Merry Christmas in all caps. So Donald Trump has said that the war on Christmas is over, that he takes full credit in restoring. Like, there's never any war on was Christmas. There ever, to begin was with. this ever really an issue? Like, no. is it such a big deal to say happy holidays? His own daughter, who's a Jew, will like tweet happy holidays wow. and, you know. Jew is relative. She converted. She did an Orthodox conversion. She, you know, she is Jewish by in the eyes of, you know, the Orthodox rabbis, right? And her, she has a Jewish husband. Um, she tweeted out happy holidays. And, you know, he's so proud of himself for for defeating this war on, on Christmas. I mean, he acts like Barack Obama never said Merry Christmas. There's plenty of tweets from Barack Obama wishing people a Merry Christmas. This is like a total non-issue. Yeah. Every single year around this time, we constantly have to fight this quote-unquote war on Christmas, which couldn't be, you know, the, this is like the biggest fake news story of the year and every year because there really is no war on Christmas. Um, so, you know, I'm, no, this no. is just something conservatives make up to make themselves feel better so they have something something to talk about in December. Donald Trump is a horrible human being, period. I have another story about white people being garbage. Um, the National Review, after reports came out that New York has had the lowest crime rates in almost 40 years, only 300 murders this year, in a, in a city that has 8 million people, a reporter on the National Review wrote an article saying that the murder rate has gone down in New York because black people are leaving. Well, I mean, Heather McDonald's a hack, so what do you expect? I don't even yeah. know why we give her like more than 10 seconds of time even on this show. Um, I mean, she manipulated the data to come to a false conclusion. End of story. No, no, but no, the, the but thing... Like, no, hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. No, finish. The, play, play, I don't... So, the reason I brought it up, and you're, you're a thousand percent right, um, Alyssa, I actually wrote something in response to some of her ignorance a couple of months ago about Black Lives Matter. But when you have publications like the National Review, which are supposed to be the responsible conservative group, and they put out something racist like that, why, like, why are we still continuing to look at them as a legitimate publication when they can put out stuff like that? I mean, I don't look at them as a legitimate publication. No, of course not, not you, you don't, I mean, Alyssa. Like, I mean, like, the broader conversation. Listen, conservatives think that InfoWars and Breitbart are are publications that have legitimate, so... No, but even <laughs> conservatives who don't listen, it's who true. don't follow InfoWars, who don't follow Breitbart, who think Fox News is crazy, they consider the National View to be a legitimate yeah, place. Right. And white people, and pardon me, conservative white people, and white people who follow these and publications. And some black people. Yes, the seven black people who, yeah. who think that white people are their masters and that read these publications take this stuff for gospel. And it's literally hate speech. No, it, it literally is. It's it's wrong. It's false. False. It's propaganda, and it's basically just fueling like the Trump machine. So then, when he goes out and says we're going to build a wall, or you know, like things that things that would hurt uh, already marginalized people, they support it because they're like, well, where they're dangerous, they're the ones that kill people. Like you, you know. So it, it's really it's really sad, and um, it's scary that the National Review and other publications would continue to put stuff out like this. And by the way, the black population in New York City, while it has declined, it has not this that is not linked to the reason that violent crimes have gone down and actually white people are more responsible for violent crimes in new york so thank you white men are more responsible for violent crimes overall in this country period thank you very much and also want to be sexual predators right more anyways guys yeah so moving on tonight is uh the night that uh the ball will drop here in new york city it's <laughs> new it? york times um it's the we're in new york city and yeah. it's new year's eve so many puns that could have been made on that all right so Balls no are dropping tonight guys ha huh. um no but so i just wanted to mention so donald trump i think we touched on it earlier he put out a tweet that you know new year's eve this new year's 
Eve is uh, record breaking. It's the coldest of the century. It it's is? All, yeah, because the century starts in two thousand. It's gonna be nine degrees tonight. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be about eleven, but it's gonna feel below um, five below zero. Ugh. I got Project Heat. It's gonna be about ninety five. And everybody in Times Square is gonna be from out of town because yeah. New Yorkers just don't do that. But yeah. go on. No, no, no. So, so I just wanted to mention that, and like I was, you know, I was extremely upset that Donald Trump would be so like like I know we know he's dumb and he's ignorant, but for him to say climate change isn't real because of course. but he's be, been he's said it before, right? You're right. Like, you're right. It was he has created by China to like this right. is not you're ignorance. Right. This is propaganda. Like we really no, need to draw the ignorant. line. At, no, I don't. I really you don't. Think I, he knows better, no, Alyssa. Yeah. You think he knows better? Yeah, I, I do. agree, and I think that we've learned that this year, right? Is that I think we went into 2017 assuming that he's too incompetent to do anything, right? Ooh. That oh, if anything, he's I'm just going to be too dumb to actually do anything effective, and that just hasn't been true. He's been able to do some really horrible things this year, right? Like I think that was like in our like denial phase, like oh, he, but he won't actually do anything. He'll just maintain the status quo because he can't, but he can. And so I think that Alyssa's totally right that this is not him just saying oh well it can't be he's playing to the minds of people who do believe that but he's perpetuating this false narrative yeah and speaking of people being in denial i think we have come to the point where we can stop being in denial about white people white people voted for trump because of racism and racial anxiety that's what it was about and if you had any second guesses about that look at how they voted in the georgia election look at how they voted in the montana election look at how they voted in the alabama election in every single election this year when white people could have made the responsible vote they have voted for the most horrible person whether it was a guy running for congress that body slammed the reporter or the person who had been accused of being a child molester and got actually banned from malls because he was harassing teenagers they have always voted for those people and even though people are still making these useless think pieces where they interview white folks that voted for trump and they still support trump some people still believe that there is hope there is no hope leave your racist uncle alone no, I uh, totally agree. Um, so before we end the segment, I just wanted to end on some positive, funny news. Thank you. Um, yes, and, we need it. <laughs> right. So, um, so there's a couple of things. Um, Jay Z finally put out that video with um, Beyonce. I mean, it's like Family half Feud. a video. Um, with, I, I only saw the I clips yet. yet. I, haven't, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I know Blue. I saw Blue Ivy's part, and Ugh. I melted. Um, so shout out to uh, Blue Ivy and the Carter family. Can't wait to see the rest of the twins. And also, I saw a really interesting story about a woman who is suing a hospital over a nude photo taken while she was on an operating table. <laughs> so apparently, um, you know, she she was she actually used to work at the hospital. And she's suing this hospital in Pennsylvania, alleging invasion of privacy and medical malpractice because um, she's saying that she discovered these photos after she returned to work after getting a hernia surgery uh, last year. So now Selena, this is your happy note that you're oh, leaving. The- yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's awful. That's an awful story. No. There's nothing happy about that. No, it's funny. It was a little ironic. Uh, I thought the irony, the irony there was funny. I don't no. think it's funny at all. It's awful. <laughs> no, not funny. Okay. All right. I should have just ended with Blue Ivy. I'm yeah, right. Always end with Blue Ivy. My bad, guys. On a happy Always note, I got a Blue new Ivy. book I'm excited to read, guys. What are you guys excited about for 2018? I'm going to get married. Yeah. That'll be exciting. Um, yeah, it's overrated. <laughs> nothing Stanley. at the moment. Yeah, nothing at the moment either, Stanley. You put us Actually, I'm excited for something, but not something I can say on the air. I, me too. I'm excited for something that I also Ooh, don't want to say on the I air as well. Selena's going to God camp. All right, guys. We'll be <laughs> it's right. called Bible camp for the, your information. Yeah, you, you would know. Yeah. We'll be right back after this quick break, guys. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
So, guys, if you wonder hey. why Jackie sounds so scared, um, well, first of all, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. And we are here talking about the biggest moments of the year, and we are giving out awards for all those different experiences. And as you guys know, this is an FCC-regulated show. So while the mics are off, I started cursing aggressively to this future song I was playing, and Jackie thought that I was cursing on air. No, if he was cursing, I probably would have threw a pen at him. Like, the last time we I thought he dropped him. him. Yeah, no, I li- like, and I still apologize for that assault, <laughs> but um, when you, when you threw the pen as she admits eye. to committing crimes <laughs> yes. on live radio, <laughs> she allegedly, allegedly, such a good job allegedly. that you're all doing. I forgot Alyssa's a lawyer. Thank you for advising me not to say that again. What, all other, right, guys. what other crimes have you committed, Selena? Tell no, us. No, that's it. <laughs> I don't commit crimes, guys. She she committed the crime of being just so beautiful. That's oh, what it is. Alyssa. Oh, Alyssa. How long you. have you been lying, Alyssa? <laughs> so, guys. She's a lawyer. She always lies. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding. Tell the truth. <laughs> That's why I hire her. So, guys, we've had lots of reasons to laugh. We've had lots of reasons to be upset. We've had lots of reasons to be excited. But we've also had lots of setbacks and lots of things that confuse and upset us. And this conversation now is to be awarding some of those biggest moments of the year for things for moments where we really couldn't believe things were happening for situations where we thought someone should be going to prison but for some reason they're still walking around free or even just for something that has really inspired us 2017 is over but it really has been defined by the year of donald trump by the year of white supremacy by the year of neo-nazi hell by the year of russia remember when mitt romney said russia was our biggest threat in the 2012 presidential election debate and we all laughed at him. Wait, remember when the biggest scandal was when Mitt Romney put the dog on the roof? Yep. <laughs> yes, that and was now, hilarious. <laughs> this year has really been a big year of scandals, and it's been a big year of Russia. So now, with these next set of awards, we're going to try and contextualize that and try to pick some of our favorites or our least favorites for these awards. And the first one, which I think Alyssa is going to be very excited about because I am, it is the Russia Gate Award. Who in the Trump administration or the Republican Party or any party involved, honestly, deserves to go to jail the most over Russiagate? For those of you who do not know what Russiagate is, it is pretty much the people that, you know, have been involved in helping to allegedly collude in a presidential election. And the nominees that we have here are Paul Manafort, Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., George Papadopoulos, and Michael Flynn. Talk to me, people. Who do you got here? Donald Trump. All of the above. <laughs> well, all of the above. But Donald Trump, like, you know he's not going to. You know there's going to be a bunch of people that take a hit for him, and mm-hmm. he's going to be fine. But he should he should go. So that's your vote, um, Jackie? Yes. Donald Trump. Alyssa? I, I'm still going with all of the above. Uh, anybody who's culpable in committing a crime with respect to, you know, rigging an election, possibly committing treason against the United States, if they are found guilty— in a court of law by a jury of their peers, or they plead guilty, um, then they should go to jail. Now, Donald Trump is a little more complicated because of the fact he's the president. The real way for that to be dealt with is actually through the political process, through an impeachment. Um, It is very, very rare. In fact, probably highly unlikely that a sitting president would get indicted um, or would go to jail. Um, The more likely scenario is that even if everybody else went to jail, Donald Trump would be subject to impeachment proceedings. Uh, So in all reality, I think the most likely to go to jail is probably everybody on that list who's not Donald Trump, although maybe not Papadopoulos, because we know he's been cooperating. Um, So really, out of all those, I think the most likely person to go to jail is Paul Manafort, because it's clear he's not cooperating. Um, I mean, who deserves to go to jail? I think they all do. But, you know, I don't foresee that happening. So 
I would let Selena go first. <laughs> Thank you, Stanley. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so I, I sort of agree with Alyssa there. I think they definitely all deserve to go to jail. Um, I, I mean, like, in addition to, like, in, in, in using uh, Russia to help win an election, I mean, this definitely, like, tainted, like, our democracy. And, you know, it's it just sets a bad precedent, Um internationally speaking but i will say that i don't think anybody is going to go to jail honestly like my you know 2018 prediction is because donald trump has already talked about pardons if somebody is incriminated and convicted he said like he said that he would definitely consider pardoning them so that's what i would say well i mean that depends if they get charged under state law also like for example some of these investigations are being done in conjunction with eric schneiderman's office in new york so donald trump can only pardon people for federal crimes uh not for state crimes If you are charged by the state of New York for committing a crime in the state of New York, the only person who can pardon you is the governor. Um, That said, we are getting a comment from Christine Curtis, and she says that it's a tie between Moore and Trump. Um, Now, Moore obviously is not involved in Russiagate, but I think what she's implying there is that Moore should go to jail for his alleged pedophilia. Great answer. So I would have to say all the above plus Jared Kushner. And I'm maybe wishing on this, but Mike Pence, Paul Ryan, and Mitch McConnell. I'm hoping <laughs> yeah, that somehow. Yeah, there's no wishful thinking there. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping somehow that like Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell were involved in this, but at least Mike Pence. If they, if the, those two can go to jail as well, I'd be very happy. And Jared Kushner, he's just a piece of crap. So like, yeah, go to prison. We like your dad. I mean, Jared Kushner should go to prison for lying on his standard yes. form 86. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times. The fact that he still has security clearance is unbelievable. But it is believable because, you know, it's 2017. Year of our Lord, 2017. (laughs) Selena, I am am shocked and appalled that you would give me this award to give out next because we all know (laughs) that I I am not the kind of person that goes after black people that support Republicans or Donald Trump because you know what? No one wins when the family feuds. But since you gave me this award to announce, I guess I will do so. The next award we're giving out is the Token Award. If you're not sure what that is, that is the Knuckle Dragon Boot Licking Uncle Toms that support white people who are racist. You can think of the Omarosas or the Ben Carsons or the Paris Denards or some people I won't say on here because they will be mad at me because we know them personally. <laughs> but they support Donald Trump and they support white supremacy. They defend it and they uplift it. So the nominees we have for the biggest token award is Roy Moore's Jewish Lawyer. <laughs> That was my. That's right. I just can't. For those that missed that, Roy Moore's wife said, you know, fake news would have you believe that we don't care for Jews. But I'll let you know that we have a Jewish lawyer, which she said the night before the first night of Hanukkah. I mean, that's literally like saying. Proof that you're not racist. Well, we have a, we have have a, a Jewish friend. friend yeah. So, so yeah. you know, can't be racist. Right. Ugh. I had a black guy in my house the other day. He was delivering the pizza. But, you know, black lives <laughs> not matter. racist. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, guys. So we have Roy Moore's Jewish lawyer. We have Omarosa. We have Jared Kushner? Hey, what? Jared Kushner, there. yep. Because yeah. Jared Kushner is bad for the Jews. Yes, he is. Well, and yeah. he's like, he's tokenized. I am way more Jewish than Jared Kushner. Yes. He doesn't deserve Seriously. this. Seriously. But, but he shirt. definitely doesn't have a Hanukkah sweatshirt like you do. I mean, that's I'm right. way more black than some of the other people on that <laughs> list, too. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Alyssa, good point. Touche, touche. Ben Carson, the Blacks for Trump guy. Yeah, hold on. Can we describe the blacks for Trump guy? Remember Can you at, describe him? Remember at the rallies, there was that one black guy behind Donald Trump that held up the sign, blacks for Can Trump? I add and then, to and then And then SNL actually spooked him. Like, he was one of the biggest tokens for Donald Trump's campaigns um, that we've seen. And I think that he still shows up um, now and then. 
Fun fact about him, he's also been convicted of murder and assault. He served some prison time for that, actually. Um, and, and, then he, and then he converted to Republican. Uh, listen, I object to this. <laughs> we don't like when people throw people we like under the bus because they've previously done something them something wrong. You do your time. You do your crime. You do listen, your time. I'll stop being a hypocrite in 2018. Um, <laughs> but I want to add somebody to this list. Sheriff Clark. Oh, oh you took yeah. King Cooper, Uncle Tom. He he wins the token award for me. Well, well, Alyssa just picked hers. I'm gonna go with Sheriff Clark because <laughs> Sheriff Clark. I, I I think Sheriff Clark is like the opposite of Rachel Dozazal or whatever her name is. Um, you which get our is black queen's name right, okay? Sheriff Clark like wakes <laughs> up in the morning, <laughs> and and he like looks in the mirror and he sees a white man. Um, and then he goes on Twitter and tweets things that a racist white man would tweet. He reminds me of Clayton Bigsby. Oh. Um, Christine Curtis, who's following on Facebook Live, says that the um, comment that Roy Moore's wife made about having a Jewish lawyer is worse than a comment about having a black friend saying that you're not racist because she's basically saying that she says, I'm not racist, I give Jews money. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. That's a great point. That is a great point. Um, I... I'm going to go, as a Jewish American, I'm going to go with Jared Kushner because I think that he is bad for the Jews. I think that he is upholding a presidency and an administration that is so clearly racist and complicit with anti-Semitism. And yet he's, you know, he's doing what a lot of very right wing conservative Jews do, which is saying, okay, but at least Israel, at least we can get what we want in Israel, uh, which is to recognize Jerusalem as the capital and, you know, support the occupation of Palestine. And I think that he, I don't know, he embarrasses me. Hmm. I know we have a comment, Alyssa. Uh, so Samantha Nephew says, most token is Amorosa. You know what? I'm going to just use that segue to give my um, awardee because I agree with you, Samantha. I definitely think it goes to Amorosa. I mean, we know that she was, she allegedly got fired, but she told everyone that she resigned from the Trump administration. And she, you know, she made press rounds and she was saying, like, I was the only black, uh, black woman senior aide in the Trump administration. And she basically said, yeah, I was the token. I mean, it's not like her being there helped black people or helped women in any way. We actually took a few steps back, especially when it came to like reproductive rights and other things that the Trump administration has been talking about. Or, or actively trying to push. So my answer to that was Amarosa was definitely Amarosa was definitely the biggest token. You know what's ridiculous about Omarosa saying that she was the only black person there? So what a lot of black conservatives have said is that she was a person that was supposed to be getting new people in and she pretty much threw away all their applications. They were like old names were being funneled to her because they they work with the nonpartisan group to find like people of color that could work in the White House and that could work in the Republican Party. And she pretty much just like purged all those names because she didn't want them. And like Paris Denard is someone who I do not respect at any moment because he's garbage. But you know he, he has a point. Omarosa looks really funny talking all this spice now when she was one of the main ones blocking things. But anyways, guys, let's move forward. No, wait, you didn't pick your answer, before, Stanley. Wait, before we do, what's with people hiding in the bushes over at the White House? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like Sean Spicer. Right. Uh, Amarosa. <laughs> everybody's everybody's just like hiding in the bushes That's out there. Pop the <laughs> but um, oh my pick. You know what? Um, I actually have a New Year's resolution, and it is to stop calling out um black people that shuck and jive for white people. Um, not because they're not trash, but because really no one wins when the family feuds. That actually was a resolution of mine. Let's see how far I can get with it's that. It's not twenty eighteen. It's not twenty eighteen yet, so. yet. Who's your token, Let's Stanley? Go. Damn. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, who's the biggest token? Black Republicans. 
Because you sitting here accepting this. Well, you know, I can't even say that because I know plenty of black, yeah, black Republicans. Never mind. Because, like, they try to say they don't accept it, but then they still bang with these same people who are very obviously racist. I have a problem with it. So, black Republicans. Now, moving on, guys. The biggest Nazi or just racist of the year, as I like to call racist it. Racist of the year. And I think this one is self-explanatory. The, the white supremacist racist Nazi person of the year. Um, we have Donald Trump. We have Steve Bannon. We have the Charlottesville protesters. Can we add Roy Moore? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. So, I guess what's, I'll... What's, what's the one more you want to add? What? No, she, she said, said Roy lot. Moore. She said Roy oh, oh. Moore, not one Ro- more. I mean, oh, okay, for his, okay. I mean I'll, I'll, clar- I'll, I'll, I'll go for that, and then I'll throw it to Selena. So, I'm adding Roy Moore because of his comments about um, black people would be better when we had slavery, and we should repeal all the amendments after number 10. Uh, Selena? All right, guys. I, can't, I probably should have went last, but I'll just take my time now. Um... I think that my answer is a wild card, wild card choice. It's the alt-right because the alt-right is the banner that fits like every 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 other person in this category. Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, the Charlottesville protesters. I think that the alt-right, like under this banner, uh, racist people, white supremacists, KKK members, they have unified online and even mobilized in the streets to promote and push their agenda. So I think that um, just the fact that we see a whole coalition of people, Mm -hmm. no matter what they call themselves or what term that they use, uh, even you, it's even like Mm multi-generational, but the -hmm. biggest Nazis, the biggest racist, racist are definitely the alt-right for me so i guess i'll give you guys my answer white so i'll I'll give you guys some love on facebook live actually when i give you this answer my biggest racist of the year is not on this list it's white women white women voted for trump white women voted for um roy moore and mass white women have gone out of we always talk about how trash white men are and white men are generally trash but white women have gone out of their way to not just vote for white supremacy but vote against their own interests to uphold white supremacy right. when you're supporting an alleged child molester so that he can continue to push racist policies and policies that will hurt you you are the biggest racist. White women are also much smarter than white men, because which is not saying much because white men are pretty freaking stupid. But white women continue to vote. So white women, you're wild trash and you're wild racist. What was the percentage of white women, do you know, off the top of your head that voted for Roy Moore? 65%. That's... So Awful. we'll say 65 percent of white women fall in that category generally, because yes. that's a good microcosm for the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, can I just. Um, so Samantha nephew says <laughs> in response, yo, Stanley, <laughs> with like five million. Wives. This is, this is I mean, that, no was, that was essentially like white people was my answer to this. Right. Like, I think that you're totally right that people. But I think you made a really good argument that white women specifically in the uh, Doug Jones, Roy Moore race were willing to put aside their own rights as women and to ignore everything that came out of that election, everything that we heard about Roy Moore, to uphold white supremacy. And so that is the most racist thing. Can I just say one more thing about that? It's because white women don't see solidarity with other women of color. They see they only see solidarity for their own interests, and their interest is white supremacy because it helps them. Right. No, I think that's, I think that's a fair comment. Um, you know, obviously they're... You know, it's like we need to say this to clarify for some people that like we don't mean all people. We uh, obviously, but I don't even but think it's worth. Time, I don't think it's worth getting into like not all white people, not all women, right? And that's exactly what I was just gonna say. Yeah. But Jackie said it for me. So uh, moving on, Stanley, my mom says she likes your shirt. Thank you, mom. Anyways, guys, the next one is the biggest political upset of 
the year. We had a lot of them. We're not going to talk about Donald Trump, even though that's still the biggest upset of my life. Um, <laughs> of your life, But that was of 2016. When I tell you, there, I, there was a lot of alcohol and unmentioned things that I used day after Election Day. Anyways, guys, <laughs> biggest political upset of 2017. The Doug Jones victory in Alabama. The Ralph Northam victory in Virginia. The Denica Rome victory in somewhere. And Virginia. the blue... Or... The blue wave of the November election. Those are the options that we have. If you have something else that you want to mention, feel free to do so. So, and also, guys, if you want to call in with a question or a comment, actually, don't do that. Just call in with your vote. You can give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. And Facebook Live, you guys have been super active. Please keep it up. We're loving the comments we're getting from you. So, let's start with Alyssa, because we haven't started with you in a while. Who do you think, what do you think was the biggest political upset this year? Um, I think the biggest political upset this year was Doug Jones. Um, I mean, when I look at the other people on the, the list, Ralph Northam, obviously, he won in Virginia. Virginia, but Virginia is a purple state. It swings back and forth. The previous governor uh, was a Democrat, um, Terry McAuliffe. Um, and so I don't really think, I mean, I think it was good that he won, uh, but I don't think that was a big upset. Um, Danica Rome is a great example of somebody who also put in the work um, and won. And I absolutely love Danica Rome. And I think she's going to make a great politician in Virginia. Um, but, you know, like in this day and age, I don't think we should be so... Um, shocked that a trans person could win for office. She keeps saying, you know, will everybody stop referring to me as trans politician says we should build the roads or whatever. And right. she's like, OK, I'm just a politician trying to get things done. Um, this is 2017, you know, despite the you know, the fact that Republicans would like to live in the year 1950. Um, it is not the year 1950. We are going to move into the future, whether they like it or not. And even you know, amongst and amidst the setbacks that we've had. And so I don't think it's that much of an upset that somebody that doesn't fit into the quote unquote mainstream two genders, um, you know, like in the way that conservatives would like somebody to um, that and they win a, a, an election that they are the it is an upset. Now, the Doug Jones thing, getting to the Doug Jones thing, because I know we have some time that to me is a big upset because, you know, number one, it's Alabama. Democrats have not won a seat in Alabama since 1992, um, and it is very, very difficult for Democrats to win a seat in Alabama, generally, more likely in the House because of gerrymandering, which doesn't exist in terms of a Senate race. But also, I was very, very highly convinced that people were going to turn out and vote for Roy Moore, despite the allegations, and I was convinced that Roy Moore was going to win. So when Roy Moore did not win that race, I was shocked um, in a good way, um, and that's why I think that is the biggest political upset of 2017. I actually want to um, take a comment from Samantha Nephew because I think this is something that yeah. we don't think about because we're in New York City. But in Buffalo, there was a huge political upset, and that was actually the unseating of a racist school board member here there in Buffalo by the name of Carl Palladino. Ooh. Carl Palladino is a huge Trump supporter. He tried to run for racist, governor. Tried to run for governor. What did he say about Michelle washed. Obama? He called Michelle Obama a gorilla Ooh. and said he wanted to dismantle the Buffalo public schools. The state unseated him, and there was a huge organizing effort around that. So I do want to congratulate all the organizers in Buffalo who did that great work because Buffalo is wild racist. There's nothing more racist than Buffalo than America. <laughs> 
So, but Zachy, what's your answer for biggest political upset? Um, I would say Doug Jones's victory. I mean, that was shocking to me. Following that that race so closely and seeing the polls coming out of Alabama, it did not seem like it was possible. Despite, I mean, it shouldn't be as shocking as it was, right? Because you have Roy Moore, a candidate who allegedly um, slept and assaulted and molested young girls, right? And so you would think that this wouldn't be such. Um, such a contentious race, but obviously because he's the Republican candidate in a very, very, very conservative right. state, um, he was going to be the clear winner. And so it was amazing to see Doug Jones win, even though it was by such a slight margin. Like I know, it, I think the end, um, the margin ended up being like 1.5 percent. Yeah. But when they first declared victory, it was like 0.8 percent. And a comedian that I really like tweeted, "If we can beat a child molester by 0.8 percent, we can do anything." Which is kind of how I felt. I mean, I was very happy to see that he won, but obviously just sort of like dismayed at the entire race itself. Yeah, so um, just real quick before I give my answer, I want to give a couple more comments. Um, oh, sorry, Selena, you want to give your answer? No. I'll, I'll wait for the comments, Stanley. So Oriana says, Long Island District 9 Special Election, Christine Pellegrino. This was actually a huge victory because even though the demographics of Long Island skew more so towards people of color now, it is deeply run by white people and Republicans. And Christina Pellegrino won a seat that had been previously held up by a strong Republican person. But Long Island is shifting in power for state Senate elections and hopefully soon congressional election seats as well. Selena? Yeah, so my answer would be um, the blue wave that swept through our country during November's election. Um, you know, Alyssa already mentioned um, Danica Rome, who won, in Massa- Mass- uh, who won in Massachusetts. She actually beat an openly homophobic Republican incumbent. So that was uh, huge. Um, we, this is the same election where uh, in Hoboken, New Jersey, they elected their first Sikh, Sikh mayor um, for the first time in Seattle. Um, a lesbian was elected. And there were also a number of African-American leaders who made history in November. Uh, for instance, in Charlotte, they elected the first black woman. In um, the very first black transgender woman was also elected to public office in Minneapolis. Um, Let me keep going. um, uh, (laughs) Minnesota also voted for their first black mayor. What else? (laughs) The first black (laughs) lieutenant governor of Virginia was elected in three decades. Uh, The first black and openly gay mayor of Bridgeport, Pennsylvania, was elected. Um, Yeah, and the list really does go on and on because a number of progressives, not only did they win, but we sort of took our country back. And it brings us back. Well, well, hear me out. Because in 2016, like one year prior in November 2016, we all felt so disheartened when Trump won the White House. And then we enter into into a year where Republicans held a majority in Congress, both branches, the Senate and the House. So I feel like everyone was like mobilized and motivated to go to the polls in November 2017 to say, like, you know what? We're here. We have a voice, and we're going to make it be heard, and you're going to listen to us. So that, to me... It it revolution it was almost revolutionary because it gave me hope and it gave a lot of people on the left hope. That was a great closing, Selena. Too bad we had twenty more minutes left. So, <laughs> <laughs> so guys, going on a quick break, and then you're going to give your answer, right, come Stanley? Back, I will definitely give my answer and a couple of other thoughts and responses to some great things people said in here. This is let your voice be heard, and this is music you won't hear if you're on Facebook Live. I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking 
Hey, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, welcome to Facebook Live. If you're not on Facebook Live, welcome to the FM Frequency. If you don't have a radio, welcome to Ustream. If you're not listening, what up, podcast? This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and the Costi Immaculately Lame, Jack Nolan. <laughs> Hi, Mom and Dad. Hi, Ben. I love you so much. Oh, also, God. shout out to Marilyn, who may or may not be listening if she has not gotten bored or fallen asleep I all just, I just ready. want to say shout out to the fact that nobody's selling a couch on our live stream yeah. today. <laughs> Yet. There's still Yo, time. That happened. We did a show where I was not there, of course, because, you know, I was lit too, lit too lit to quit. But someone was trying to sell a couch no, on it was our like, page. So it was so all right funny. trolls that found us. And instead of, you know, basically making legitimate comments on our feed about, you know, their positions, which we would have read even if we disagreed with them, they decided they were going to interrupt our comment chain by trying to sell a couch, like auction one off, which was sort of a joke. But in turn, what happened was they drove more people to watching our show. So, yeah, so thank you, funny. trolls. Trolls, that's what engagement does, stupid trolls. But anyways, guys, we have been having a great conversation, giving awards for biggest moments, biggest political um, upsets, biggest races, biggest Nazis, biggest anything you can imagine. And when we went on break, we were just wrapping up the biggest political upset, and it was my turn to talk about my biggest political upset. And I wanted to respond to something that Alyssa said about Danica Rome, where like it should not be surprising that someone... One, because, you know, one, and, like, her being transgender should not be the big part of the story. I'm kind of paraphrasing. And, like, while, like, I agree with a lot of what you said, I do think it is important, and I don't think you weren't, you were you were against this, but I do think it is important that we uplift those kind of stories and we talk about this because transgender people are one of the most underrepresented, undervalued, abused, and disrespected group, groups in our country, and they also have higher death rates, they have higher suicide rates, that any, all the bad things, they're right up there with black people. And if you're trans and you're black, it's even worse. So it's really important that we uplift their voices, uplift their stories, and talk about them, even you know, with respect. But like, it's really important to do that. So I want to say that. Um, shifting gears, biggest. Wait, so is that your answer? Yes, Stanley. Please. No, that was my. I'm trying to get to the answer, guys. Oh, okay. sorry. You said no, shifting gears. Yo, you see these guys? You see the you see the microaggressions in here, yes. Selena? Yes, so, it's here. <laughs> it's all here. Well, Slim is a microaggression because she's four foot seven. But anyways, guys. Well, <laughs> can I just, for the record, I'm five feet. Thank you. She's taller than I am. Yes, yeah, Stanley. You're rude, Stanley. <laughs> Duh. And you know what? Like two weeks ago, it was Short People's Appreciation Day. So shout out to us. Yeah, yeah but. Shout, it's out two, to, shout out to my haters and losers. <laughs> it's two weeks later, which means you guys don't matter anymore. <laughs> it's Tall People's Day. Yeah. That's right. The talls will rule. Why don't yes. you get, all, uh, Wait, all heights matter? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> never. Boo. Why don't you get that jar Boo. from the second shelf? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Oh. That was a low blow. Yeah, because you're it low. It was a high blow. Yeah, <laughs> no, literally, it was a low blow. Uh, up top, Jackie. Up top. Yeah. Oh. oh. Uh, yep. Sorry, short people, but anyways, yeah. guys, my biggest political upset is Doug Jones. Let me explain. It should not be an upset. Roy yeah, Moore right. was an alleged child molester, an open racist, someone who got kicked off of the courts twice, someone who tried to put a Ten Commandments up on federal property, <laughs> someone who, even by Republican standards, was an idiot that no one respected, and he still should have won that race because Alabama is about as backwards as it can get when it comes to white people voting against their interest. He still should have won that race. And if it wasn't for like a mammoth turnout from black people, shout out to the black women, 98% of them that did the right thing, despite 65% of white women getting crazy as usual. If that didn't happen, Roy Moore is in the Senate. 
that is still a huge upset. And it's only 1.5% win. And Alabama, which is a southern state, which loves screwing with votes and voters, did not find a way to finagle a victory for Roy Moore. It is still a huge upset. So, yeah, shout out to Steve Bannon on that one. <laughs> yeah, right? My goodness. Steve Bannon, you are just brilliant. So now, guys, I want to jump gears and ask a question that was asked in our comment section on Facebook Live. If you're on Facebook Live, please leave questions or comments. We will get to you unless we don't. And also, if you're on the phone and you're listening, give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. By the way, I just noticed Selena's shirt matches with the WHCR post in the background. Maybe they're related. So if you're on Facebook Live, you can see that. Cool story. Anyways, guys, Bianca Marley goes, what's something that the commander did this year that was positive? Hmm. Well, when Barack Obama put out a whole bunch of young people to speak about science and politics in his first public event since he had left the White House, that was pretty inspiring. That was a good thing. What about you guys? Uh, well, I didn't she isn't the question what did Donald Trump do? No, that was the commander. Positive? That's Donald Trump ain't my president. <laughs> Stanley, don't you just confuse the, the mess out of everyone. Well, well that's your no, president. You need, no, seriously. Like, can you answer the question? Is I there just anything did. that Donald Trump did that was positive? Is he still president? Yes. No. Okay, next. Fair enough answer. Um, I have, I actually have an answer for that. Thank you for the question, Bianca. If I had to give an answer, the only thing that Donald Trump did that was positive, it happened inadvertently. It was the fact that he has forced America to finally talk about race relations from a more truthful and from a more truthful perspective. Like you cannot deny that white supremacists marched through North Carolina holding tiki torches and screaming out things like Jews will not replace us. And then when Donald Trump was like, you know what? I condone this because there were fine, fine very fine people on both sides. <laughs> it finally proved what we all knew and felt. And he said it himself, look, I'm, I'm racist, and I like the fact that racists support me because they voted me in office. And what? And then we responded. We went to the polls in November of 2017, and we're going to be mobilized in 2018, and we're going to take this country back. So thank you, Donald Trump, for showing us how ugly and racist America really is. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've you said that know? on the show many times, that you prefer your racists to be presented, I think you said, on a platter, right? Like, you want to know who the racists are. And I think that something that's happened this year is that the— the white supremacist racists in this country have literally had the hoods pulled off of them, right? And we have seen their faces and know who they are and know how how many there are among us. Oh, I have a good answer for this. I finally figured it out. Um, so one good thing that Donald Trump did this year was um, he was crazy on Twitter and may have admitted to colluding with Russia on Twitter multiple in his times. craziness multiple times. Uh, so thank you, Donald Trump, for not understanding that you're supposed to have some couth when you're the president of the United States and you're not supposed to go on Twitter all the time and just tweet out everything that coming is coming out of your head. Um, so, you know, thanks, Donald Trump, for that, for being very, very so bad at your job that you just... Just, you know, spill your guts on Twitter all the time and possibly, you know, admit to crimes. I just want to trigger you guys real quick. Harold Booker Jr. says the market is soaring. I don't give Trump all the credit, but he's been at the helm this what? year. I mean, I don't give Trump any credit for that because most of that stuff happened based on the policies that were put into place by Barack Obama prior to Donald Trump actually coming into office. 
Um, you really have to like wait a year out to see how the market's going to affect it. And so like the way I look at it is like, why don't we table that for a year and see what happens? Because if the market crashes next year, that's going to be based on the policies that Donald Trump put into place as far as I'm concerned. What policies? Jackie, you want to answer the question? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think like we've talked about this on the show before that like it can be perceived that like one good thing that's come out of this year in this administration is the huge resistance that we've seen. But I'm not going to give Donald Trump credit for that for the protesters. Right. Right? I'm going to give organizers credit for bringing people out and mobilizing people to have a voice and to resist the administration. I don't think that there's anything that he's done that has been positive for any of us. Um, maybe for super, super rich people, they can list a whole slew of things that Donald Trump has done to benefit them. But for the rest of us, there's nothing. Yeah. Bubkis. Bubkis. I like Bubkis. That. It's Yiddish for Donald What does that mean? <laughs> Crazy. crazy. Oh, so that's what that commercial's about. You don't use <laughs> caramel. I'll tell you how to use it in a sentence. Donald Trump is Meshuggah. Yeah. Donald Trump is Meshuggah. Yeah. So, guys, it's up to the next question, the resistor of the year. This is my favorite question because it gives you a chance to really sit back and think about the movements, the people, the moments that really inspired you. Even if the resisting was done on the side of the on in favor of Republicans. If it is, don't talk to me about it because I'm probably going to say some mean things to you. But anyways, guys, the people we have as resistors of the year, and you can come up with your own as well, is A, Elizabeth Warren, B, Colin Kaepernick, C, Auntie Maxine Waters, and D, women's. Women's. Women. Women's. The women's. So I want to start this one off with, I'm going to look deep in her eyes and pick Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that wasn't fair. No, <laughs> Thank you. All right. So my resistor of the year is actually going to be a wild card choice. I would have to say, and it was a tough one because I was really voting for Colin. Like, honestly, Colin Kaepernick, like, I think, like, you know, you almost even got, he almost got the time cover of the year award. But women got it. But I think the resistor of the year are black women. Reason being, as mentioned earlier in the show, and I think it was by one of our um, commenters, Black women voted overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. But this year in 2017, they show that they are one of the strongest voting blocks of the Democratic Party, that they are the heart and soul of Democrats. Black women, we are the ones that stopped a Trump-backed candidate from winning the governor's race in Virginia. We are the ones that prevented an alleged child molester and person and sexual predator from becoming a senator in Alabama. And I feel like we're the ones that really hold like this country accountable. Like, you know, we finally have a voice. We have our platforms. We use social media. We start trends. Cardi B. I mean, black women are the resistors of 2017. That's who I give the award to. That's a pretty good answer, Alyssa. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I think that's a, that's a great answer. Um, I'm actually going to go also with a wild card choice, um, and which is, you know, as I already explained at the beginning of the show, I think that women did an excellent job of kicking off the resistance movement, um, and I absolutely think that women were influential in getting it all started. But... I am going to go with the disabled protesters that went to the Capitol yeah, building right. and protested the repeal of the um, uh, the Affordable Care Act. These are people that were literally in wheelchairs. Some of them had extremely debilitating diseases. Some of them really needed to be at home on bed rest. Um, some of them were severely disabled. And yet they nonetheless mobilized. And not only did they mobilize, they literally mobilized, refused to leave, engaged in acts of civil disobedience um, and had 
had Capitol Police literally handcuff them and drag them out and in some cases lift them up out of their wheelchairs. These are people that may not have been fully physically abled, but nonetheless went out there and put their bodies on the line in order to prevent the repeal of the Affordable Care Act. And guess what? The Affordable Care Act, although, you know, yes, there was parts of it repealed through the, through the individual mandate, through the tax bill, at the end of the day, they were able to convince enough people um, not to vote for the full repeal of the ACA uh, through the fact that they put their bodies on the line at the Capitol building and got arrested. And so I think they are the biggest resistors of the year. Yeah, I think that's a great choice, too. Um, I'm going to also go with a wild card, and I'm going to say immigrants, and specifically undocumented immigrants, who have had to face day-to-day this growing tide of xenophobic not just sentiment in this country, but um, ICE, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, has been totally empowered to go around acting like the Gestapo, ripping apart families, going into people's homes and tearing them out and deporting them. And I think that you know, the fact that you see so many immigrants, many undocumented immigrants still standing up and putting themselves at such risk of arrest, of deportation, of much worse, just to fight back against this administration. I mean, what they're putting at risk in order to you know change things in this country is more than certainly what I'm putting at risk. Right. And I think what a lot of us are. I mean, they are literally putting their lives on the line. And I'm very grateful to many of the um, undocumented activists who are standing up in this country right now. Unless you want to read a comment from yeah, Facebook Live. No, I just want to say I think that's a great answer. Uh, they really do have a lot to lose. Um, uh, so, yeah, Christine Curtis says she just wanted to point out that black women um, created the Me Too hashtag. Yep. I think that was in response yeah. to Selena's comment uh, regarding that black women would win resistor of the year for her. Um, yeah, and um, Ebony Smalls also mentioned that she thought that, um, sorry, Harold Booker mentioned that he thought Angela Rye was the resistor of the year. You know, mm. it, this was a really hard one for me to answer because all these groups inspired me in different ways. And I guess I'm just going to cop out since you guys listed a lot of the things and people that I would want to mention. Um, I actually want to give the resistor of the year award as a wild card as well to journalists. And I'm not talking about New York Times or Washington Post who have done a great job except for when they're doing a horrible job by covering white people that voted for Trump last year and still support him. I don't care about that. I'm talking about publications like Think Progress. I'm talking about The Root. I'm talking about um, publications like The Establishment. I'm talking about publications like um, B Media. Or Gothamist and DNA Info who literally lost their jobs because they voted to unionize. Exactly. I'm talking about publications like that. Hell, even The Huffington Post. I'm talking about black publications that are sharing stories like Race Baiters now. I'm talking about those kind of publications, publications that are not necessarily in the mainstream, but they are sharing stories. Think Progress got a bevy of emails from Breitbart and pretty much pushed Robert Mercer out of control from that and showed Milo Yiannopoulos, whatever his name is, for what he was. All these independent media sources and guys, these media sources, they do not have the kind of money that CNN or New York Times or even the Daily News has. They do not. They rely on people like you and me. And you know what? Because I'm appreciative of the work that they do, I recently just started giving Think Progress $5 a month because like, they really are supported by, by money like that, not by ads. And in that spirit, I would ask you guys to consider doing the same thing. If you have a couple of extra dollars, please support local um smaller media outlets hell support us because we're trying to do the same thing and i'll make sure we post our patreon link inside there but if you don't want to support let your voice be heard think about the establishment think about um b media it's b-i-t-c you know etc media think about um 
feminist voices, women's voices. Think about all these media outlets and support them any way you can because they need you. So that is what we had for those questions over there, guys. So closing in on this, at least this portion of the show, um, what do you guys, you know, what do you guys, you know, like, what do you guys, like, this is a rhetorical question, obviously, but, like, what do you guys think, like, you know, we can learn from this? And this is not a question you have to answer now, but it's something you should think about because this has been a crazy year, for lack of better words. What could possibly be happening next? So I want to go on a, we're going to go on a quick break, but um, Selena, could you just read a couple of comments from Facebook Live while I queue up the songs? Sure, sure. So, um, and I think Alyssa's Facebook live feed is a little quicker than mine, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, the, some of the latest ones that I have, um, did we read uh, Deborah Rothman? That's my mom. Right. So my mom said that I'm a girl after her own heart. Wow. Uh, my uncle is disabled and my mom really does a lot of work um, in terms of disability rights, so she liked the fact that I picked uh, the disabled protesters. Um, and I, I actually have something I would want to add to Resistors of the Year. I think that there were a lot of young people that ran for office office um that we saw win that's a good elected, one well. you know like the yeah. andrea jenkins and danica romes and there were young people women women of color trans women um who sought you know to make a difference and put themselves on the line and actually you know did the dang thing and ran for for election and won so Shout i think that they them. did a great job yeah. yep all right guys so we're going on a quick break when we come back we got some news for you and we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Shout out to all you guys who have been listening and chiming in via Facebook Live. We appreciate your comments, and we definitely appreciate you guys for uh, joining us here on this Sunday morning. Well, now Sunday afternoon the last of 2017. So we had a great show. We gave out awards. We picked our favorite tokens. We picked our biggest political upsets and the biggest moments in science. We even picked the resistor of the year. Now we're just going to, I'm just going to give the panel some time to give final thoughts on 2017. Who wants to go first? I can go. So 2017, it was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. Um, but I think, you know, in all seriousness, I think it was a really hard year. I, I Like I mentioned earlier in this show, I think that a lot of people went into 2017 assuming that Trump would be an ineffective president. And, you know, he was just sort of careless. And while that is true, he's certainly careless. And, you know, I, I would not consider him to be a very smart man. Um, I think he has been effective in putting forth a lot of the policies that he campaigned on, certainly anti-immigration reform, um, his tax plan that is now going into effect. Um, he's been working very hard. Obviously, he wasn't successful in the way that he thought that he would be, but he's been very working very hard to repeal Obamacare. Um, it was a really stressful year for, for many of us and really hard, but I think that going into 2018, I mean, we'll talk about predictions in a minute. Um, I'm hopeful. I think that we can use a lot of what we've learned in 2017 um, in our favor in this next year. Um, but yeah, this was a tough year and I, I am proud of all of us for, for getting through it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. It definitely was a tough year, but I think the one thing that I'm taking out of it is the ability to try and have hope. But when the year started um, and the inauguration um, and Donald Trump gave that just like abhorrent, you know, 
speech Batman. when American he, Carnage, yeah, American. You know, and it's just like we felt like we were just starting off on such a bleak note. Um, and yet, throughout the year, there has been multiple reasons to have found hope from the number of women that turned out for the Women's March, from the fact that those women were able to use that protest as a catalyst for so many other protests, um, and eventually, all of that culminated in the. Or, you know, already blue wave that we started to see coming uh, in the November 2017 elections and the fact that we saw a lot of women, black women mobilizing and, you know, people on the left mobilizing not only at protests, but mobilizing to vote. Um, and so that left me feeling at least now at the end of the year, being that today is the last day of the year, having some hope leading into the next year uh, that we are going to continue to fight and resist uh, these things that are going on. Uh, man, I started in 2017 very angry. Um, yeah. everyone's nodding aggressively. Yep. Yeah, you did. You did. I'm not less angry. Um, and I still, uh, I still, I still believe a lot of the stuff that I said, minus some of the personal, minus 99% of the personal insults that I threw at people, not named Donald Trump or Republican Party. But I feel re energized, and I think a big reason for that is for people because. It was very easy to be disappointed with just people in general after this past presidential election, particularly white people who really just showed out. And you start getting into a space where, you know, you you think like, well, you know what, maybe we just don't need to even try anymore. And I've been re-inspired and like I think like some of that pessim a lot of that pessimism and like hurt has washed away with optimism and hope. And you know, so I'm really excited about 2018 and like standing shoulder to shoulder with black women, um, with white women, with white white men and like Muslim people, just a, a broad coalition of people who care about justice and love and fighting for what's right and winning. And then also, you guys probably don't know this, but this has been our best year as a podcast as far as like people listening to the show, people engaging with the show. And I really appreciate all you guys who tune in every Sunday, I appreciate even more the people who tune in on podcasts afterwards. And I appreciate anyone who's giving to us in the future. $5 a month, guys. Help us stay alive. Thank you for that plug, Stanley. Um, final thoughts really quickly uh, on 2017. Um, you know, I, I definitely echo that that sentiment of hope. We started off very disheartened. Um, we Honestly, I, I was almost bleakly optimistic because I was like, oh, you know, we don't know what Donald, Donald Trump's going to do. Like, he said all these radical things. He's not actually going to try to push it. He's not actually going to try to pass this, but he has been trying. But we've been resisting. So, again, just shout out to the organizers, the activists, people who are concerned, people who listen to even Let Your Voice Be Heard and who have been taking a stance against uh, some of the injustices Um legislation and rhetoric that hurt us especially those who are most disenfranchised in our country next next question really quickly everyone has 30 seconds to answer what are your 2018 predictions Alyssa? Um, all right. Mueller time is going to happen. Yeah. There's going to be something that comes out of the Mueller investigation that is either going to exonerate Donald Trump completely, which I highly doubt, or is going to possibly cause impeachment proceedings. Um, but my other big prediction for 2018, aside from what may or may not come out of the Mueller investigation, because I don't know, and that is only really speculative. The one thing I can say that I don't think is speculative is there is going to be a huge 
huge, huge blue wave like Donald Trump has never, ever, ever seen. It's going to be so huge. It's going to be the hugest thing that happens in all of 2018. And Democrats are going to run the table and they're at least going to take back the Senate. They might even take back the House. They're going to start to take back governorships. And we're going to start to see the pendulum shift back the other direction. So I don't know that this is as much of a to jump off of that. I I am hopeful that that happens. But I think that the Democratic Party needs to make a lot of changes in its rhetoric before that happens, because right now their campaign strategy is to say, well, at least we're not them. At least we're not a child molester. At least we're not a guy that says grab her by the you know what. Um, And so you should vote for us. So I think that the Democratic Party needs to shift its way of campaigning to people to win. And then then it should happen. Stanley 2018 prediction. A black woman is going to run for president and I'm probably going to support her. Good. 2018. Yep. I would agree to that, guys. I agree. I'm just going to wrap things up with a strong call to action. Guys, we can continue to resist in 2018. There is nothing I look forward to more than that midterm election next November. We're heading to the polls, and we're going to vote in progressives. We're going to vote in transgender people. We're going to vote in black women, white progressive, our allies. We're going to do it, and we're going to show Donald Trump what this country is all about. Um, So get ready. Get ready to vote. And also, guys, if you would like to continue to support let your voice be heard in 2018 please do so on our patreon account that is patreon.com slash let your voice be heard also big news very exciting announcement starting in 2018 january 7th 7th 2018 we're moving from two hours to one hour so we will just be recording a one hour live show right here on whcr 90.3 fm from 11 a.m to 12 p.m that's eastern time guys so one hour we're gonna pack everything in we're not gonna take we're not gonna suck up too much more of your sundays anymore guys so definitely uh, continue to support us we'll be back god willing next year right here whcr Thank you so much for the support, and we'll see you in the new year.